You know what movie I'm trying to... I'm, I'm really trying to watch Showgirls soon. I... I listened to a podcast on it and I haven't watched it in at least maybe about like maybe five or so years and I'm dying dying to watch it. <laughs> Please know that you said showgirls and in my head I just heard RuPaul going Michelle Visage like that's just Man. my association with showgirls now is just RuPaul yelling at Michelle Visage. I mean, RuPaul does her thing. It's definitely the opposite of what Showgirls is, so... Yes, uh, but uh, Michelle Visage, judge on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, like, every week. Showgirls is her favorite picture. I think Showgirls is a lot of people's favorite picture, if they're being honest. I haven't seen it, wouldn't know. Oh, wow, you've never seen it before? No. Has anyone, like, tried to talk you into watching it? No. It came up after we saw Hustlers... And I was like, it's like Showgirls. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't think it is like Showgirls. It is not like Showgirls. Like... And then she like thought about it for another second and she goes, I guess it isn't really like Showgirls. And like that has been the extent of the Showgirls discourse I've ever had. If we ever watch Showgirls, it has to be like a one movie episode. The episode has to be dedicated to only Showgirls and nothing else. Like that's how wild it is. I think I'm about to offer to marry someone just so they can get the vaccine sooner. I mean, hey, yeah, don't I can't knock the hustle. Captain Marvel. <laughs> I actually, I we watched Captain Marvel, and I watched the first twenty minutes of Endgame, like right up until Thanos got killed, and then the last forty minutes when Avengers Assembled happened, and the Captain Marvel hairstyle pivot. It's very. I'm telling. here. I'm here for androgyny haircut, Carol Danvers. <laughs> that said. I yeah uh, yeah I, 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 I don't know if I like like this movie as much as I thought I did the first time. I mean, yo, Kellen, yo, shout out to Kellen, but is like, oh yeah, I like Captain Marvel. Like, no. <laughs> so I actually like my problem with it is definitely not anyone else's problem with it. Well, maybe it is, but probably not because I know men who read comics. Um. in the comics she like leads a team and is like smart and cool and like is she none of these things in this movie (laughs) is also a woman like she's not like a butch like not femme person like she's pretty femme yeah and i far be it from me but i can't help but notice that uh Every female superhero, especially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is punished for being feminine. I mean... Or just isn't. Yeah, I was gonna say. And, like, I like 
Samuel Jackson in this movie. I like the, seeing the baby wig. Phil Coulson. The wig is so terrible. I like Maria Rambo a lot. I like Maria Rambo's daughter a lot. If this movie were just like the second half of this movie with like a little bit of a like she comes to earth and she doesn't know who she is. Like there's just why does it take so long for this movie to happen? I mean, I I got no answers for that. This but... could be a crisp 90 minutes, and I think that would be great. And instead, it's 2.05. To kind of set everything off for this episode, the tone of the episode, from my perspective, it was really about rewatching these three separate movies, uh, Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman 88, and... 84. 84, damn. 84, <laughs> and... That's how memorable it is basically and birds of prey and i wanted to approach it from my mindset at least for myself was my initial judgments of the movies incorrect and for this captain marvel movie i've written about it when i originally saw it and i only saw it once but it, it left a pretty good impression on me when i first saw it and i left the movie theater thinking you know a lot of young girls and women could kind of look to like sort of the things that she was doing and really be impressed with it. But there were just a lot of things below the surface that if you poke holes on it, it was just not really effective in a lot of different ways. Honestly, I feel like her slamming heads with Thanos is like just as effective as a like <laughs> girls can do anything narrative than this entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh and the funny the the one thing I did not pick up on the first viewing, which I probably should have, uh her and Rambo were definitely a couple. <laughs> I so I I actually want to challenge you on this a little bit. Okay. Uh, which is weird because usually I'm like, oh, lesbians, yes, queen. But like <laughs> I did not read it that way at all. Uh, I read it as two women who were like trauma bonded from the abuse of the military and that they really became the other's only family. Ooh. And it's it's the idea that like they were it was them against men, basically. The one thing that they did in the movie that it was kind of funny to me, it was when Rambo hit Danvers with the you've been gone for six years. You think you just walk up in here and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, right. But like, if you had like a sister that you saw every day and you were like this with, and then they died, except they weren't dead. They just forgot about you and never showed up. I don't think the intensity of the love is in question. I think we both agree that it's there. Oh well, yeah. Because also like, I don't want to be rude here, but like, if Marvel's giving me a queer story, finally, I would love if it was not just two angry women. <laughs> Got a point there, boy. I'm not suggesting we break down any new barriers here, but like, maybe I don't one. know. <laughs> maybe one or two. Can we get like women that are characters before we start even getting into like, are they boinking? Like, I. <laughs> The know. most what like well fleshed out character in this movie is the daughter. Well, yeah, and uh, the crow guy, the head of the crow guy. I forget his name. Scroll. Fuck, I thought it was crow. It's scroll. My bad. You know, and also one of the other things I think they were in relationship. Why is she storing her clothes? Like, why is she? 
because she broke away from an abusive man in her life, her father, and the only next of kin that was left was her, I guess. I don't know. No, man. Kat, you're friends with a lot of people in Boston. Uh, how many... How many clothes are you storing for your male friend? I don't think I'm a good litmus test of this because <laughs> uh, a lot, actually. Oh my God. Cat, cat is, cat got the house parties on lock. I'm a notorious hoodie stealer. So, oh, that's different. Like, it's not like they're purposely leaving multiple items. Like, you're just a thief. So, that's a big difference. I mean, yeah, but like, they keep like the t shirt, a jacket, and some like precious family photos. From someone that, like, if Matthew died, I would keep a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, and some family photos. I mean, they look mad intimate in those photos, boy. I don't know. Have you have you ever seen, like, two drunk women hang out? I mean, ever? In your life? I watch, I want to watch Showgirls again, so yes. <laughs> I, I, so I think part of the reason that I'm so, like, wait a minute about this is that this is the first female friendship in Marvel movies. Very true. Damn. And like, yeah. God damn. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not saying it's not that, but I'm saying also like, what if it was just a friendship? Crazy. Um, they say he's just a friend. <laughs> they say he's just a friend. Like, you know I funny? think it's... It's okay if they're just friends. Oh, it is. But even just the the idea of what basically like the twenty third Marvel movie, twenty second Marvel movie, we have two women that are friends. Finally, <laughs> finally, a decade in, two women are friends. Yeah, like. But that's bad writing, though. In a is sense. it? Because that chemistry of, like, they were friends, but it could have been something more had she not fucking died was always, like, the vibe that I got. But you kind of just came at it like, oh, they fucking. And I'm like... I mean, hey, man. No need to beat around the bush. Literally. Right. Literally. I don't know. I did not get the, like, they for sure did. I got the, like, maybe there was a chance, you know what I'm saying? But, like... Well, I'm, if, if there's a chance, I'm going to like a 65 to 70% chance. And then she died. And then she died. Yes. So, rip. <laughs> from your perspective, what was the biggest change from the first time you watched this until now? Uh, because I knew the general story beats, it was really boring to get to them. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I just think I was is that, bored. Is that rude? No, because I was, I mean, I was bored in the first watch, really. I don't like the this version of the character very much, but I at least, like, get what they're going for. They're going for Black Widow in space. And then I like all the, like, we're building shield stuff. Yeah, that was cool. I like the scrolls. I like a lot of the ideas of this movie, but almost every scene in this movie is like a minute too long. And that adds up. I think this is a great 90 minute movie that is wearing a two and a half hour movies or two, two hour, 10 minute movies skin. I just don't know what they could cut out to make it more interesting though. I don't think you cut any plot points. I think you just make some scenes shorter. You make some fights shorter. You truncate some dialogue. Like, I don't think it's that, 
that difficult to be like, okay, that scene on the train does not need to be nine minutes long. Yeah. We could make it eight. We don't need all of those jokes about Radio Shack and Blockbuster and Regal Cinemas but in the beginning. How would you know we're in 1995, Kat, if we don't continually beat into your head as 1995? Also, like, can we, could we cut, like, just one scene of a man being, like, nice scuba suit toots? Like, I get it. Men are gross. Like, <laughs> you, know you don't need to make call a three- the cockpit. You don't need to make a three minute long scene of a guy being like on a motorcycle, just being like vroom, vroom. I want to stick my dick in you. Like, you don't, I don't need that. Make it shorter. Like everything in this movie could have been made shorter. And then we would have had a better movie. I don't know. I get what you, I definitely get what you're saying. Like there was a lot of things that were like overwrought, but I just don't think they, the writers did a really good job with this movie. My biggest part, in the movie that I felt like really kind of put off by was at the end when the Supreme Intelligence hit her with, you're only human, so there's no way you could do anything worthwhile. But it was like the entire movie, the narrative is she's, her her biggest enemy is man. Like men are continually an obstacle that she has to hurdle. Yep. But, then, but in that case, this being is not really acknowledging that and it's meant to push her over the edge to like achieve this like level of greatness when it's like well you guys have the wrong villain here the the villain is people with dicks like yeah so it's that was was also weird that like ronan the accuser was in it and he's also cree but he's blue and it was like never like i don't understand like i don't understand how she didn't know she wasn't cree if like even Jude Law had funky eyes, like is Cree like a race? Is it a like group? Do you yeah. apply to be Cree? Like so. how? Like I don't understand. I feel like this was the movie where they're like, we're finally gonna explain what like Cree is and how it fits into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I left with more questions than I had going in. Well. I don't think they wanted to do that. I think the sequel is supposed to be the actual, I guess the Cree Skull. I, I can't Scroll. I can't remember these fuckers' names, man. <laughs> the war that they have is that. I, I mean, think it's supposed to be the second movie, right? But like Ronan the Accuser is in this, and he's yeah. the villains of Guardians One, and yeah. it's clear that they think this is gonna like make what he does make sense, and it doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's all just a tie-in. They really just wanted to tie into the first Avengers and the other and Guardians, honestly. And like, I don't know. I feel like they could have done that slightly more gracefully. Not these writers. Instead of just like driving a train into it. The like, the I'm just a girl a drought when she's beating people's asses. Like, it's like if I, if the I idea had it. been that the villain were was men. That would have been a much more powerful drop than She's like, like being a shot of women too. It's like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I really need like I'm just a human. Like it needs to, or like I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. Would have made just as much sense in that scene. I mean, they, they dropped Nirvana. Nah, like dropped- you know, they they should have just dropped like 2004 Fallout Boy. 
and fully just gone for like timelines aren't real. I would respect that more than the random TLC waterfalls drop, which had no fucking place what? in the movie at all. It's so bad. It was so bad. And she wears a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt, but no Nine Inch Nails play. Oh, my God. I caught a sm- Smashing Pumpkins poster in the background. Yeah. Like, randomly. It's like, I had a nice, like, chuckle when Nick Fury goes, yeah, you look like someone's disaffected niece. Put this hat on and ditch the flannel. She has a lot of good moments where she's like, does wearing your logo everywhere help with the covert part of your operation? Like, there are some good yeah. jokes in there. Yeah. And it's like she has character moments, but not enough to sustain a two and a half hour movie. Do you think she's a good actress? Have you seen her in anything other than this movie? If I have, she did not leave enough of an impression on me. I think she does a good job with this, but I also don't think she was given much of, of this to do a good job with. I feel like I I just don't, I just don't know. You know, like this, hell no. This movie is clearly doing like one thing and she was asked to do one thing and she did fine with that one thing. But like, I like the, the thing that made me sad is that Carol Danvers in the comics has a sense of humor. She has a personality. There's a joke about wearing a sports bra on the second page of her comics. Like okay. she's a woman. Yeah. And in this, she's like Captain America in space with a wig. Like she, there's there's nothing about her that's interesting or unique. And if you were to look at her on paper, like take the costume away, just list the personality traits yeah. next to Black Widow. It's the Venn diagram is a circle. And uh, in game, Brie Larson didn't do shit in that movie. She had like two lines like, bro, she came in for the hero shot at the end. The, and I, I rewatched the woman empowerment scene in, in game. Ooh, doggy. So. I think I said last time that I, I've started describing wrestling as action figure drag. <laughs> and I've realized that the way that they try to get you to invest in it is that like pretty much every week they empty out the toy box and go, and this is this toy and he does this and I like him very much. And then they fight. And then yeah. like the next week they're like, and these are these ones. And then remember this one from last time? Like, and that's how they get you to care. Like eventually they'll just show you a toy that you like, which is like what happened with me and Hangman Adam Page. Where I was like, him, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. And like that's what that hero shot is. They emptied yeah. out all the superhero action figures and were like, remember this one and this one? And now they're gonna fight and like then you're at the end, you're like, oh, look at all those ones. I remember all those ones. Yo, Mantis in that the the girl power scene, just like folding her hands like a church mouse. Oh, my God. That was so I, rough. I really love Mantis in the MCU, but I think it's because she's the only woman whose emotionality is not treated as like an obstacle to be overcome. Basically. Like, but unfortunately, it's also played for like really horrible laughs and she spends yeah. most of her movies getting abused for punchlines. Yeah. Um, But like, at least she's clearly very powerful if she can like emotionally subdue a god without even like breaking out in a sweat. Yeah. She's really the only woman in the MCU besides maybe Wanda Maximoff but I'm putting her in like, I don't know what's going on with her kind of bubble right now. Cause I don't want to talk about it, but like, she's really the only woman in the MCU that doesn't fall into like hyper competent, emotionless, 
fighting machine that is inspiring because she is hyper competent and a woman. Yeah, she's like the like you're right, she's the only Peggy, one that even shows emotion. Peggy Carter is maybe the other one, but that's only really explored in her TV show. Which so like I don't know, that doesn't really count. Yeah. She is a very complex and nuanced character, and her show is really good, and I highly recommend it. It's on Disney Plus. If enough of you fuckers stream it, maybe they'll make a third season. Do you have any faith in Captain Marvel 2? I would say I have about as much faith in it as I have in any Phase 4 Marvel movie. So, like, I'm fairly certain it will be fine. Do I think it's going to be breathtaking or game-changing in any way? No. (laughs) Am I okay with that? Sure. <laughs> like I, I hope that the next Doctor Strange is good because the first Doctor Strange I don't think is a very good movie, but I really am interested in the character and I hope that they can pull some good stuff out of it. I like the character, I like the world. I didn't really care for the movie, if that makes sense. No, I understand what you're saying. One of the good things about Captain Marvel 2, well, I guess is maybe to be determined, but the woman that directed Candyman, the new iteration Candyman is going to direct Captain Marvel 2, so. Yeah, I mean, I hope that Captain Marvel 2, I almost said 3, Captain Marvel <laughs> 2 is good, if nothing else, because I want them to make more female-led superhero films. But more important than I hope that it's good, I hope that it's weird. I hope that they're, <laughs> well, because like, yeah. hear me out, yeah, yeah, yeah. 4 got weird. Yeah, I liked it, yeah. Doctor Strange is getting weird. Yeah. If the next step in the MCU is everybody's getting weird, <laughs> then let the women get weird too. We'll talk about this when we get to Wonder Woman, right? I don't think the movie's good, but I applaud it for trying something. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Malachi. And this is Alejandra. And you're sitting on the couch and your life is passing you by because you're not watching Insert Name Here. Catch us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you missed us, you can catch us on Friday on Spotify and Amazon. Yeah, obvious nonsense, gang, gang. Hyphen podcast squad, you never take us down. Of all these Marvel movies, like, even you just saying this is the first time they've even tried women being friends with each other. Like, I hope whoever's listening and hears that it really hits them in a fucking face because it's like, why have they never done this before? Why did they bullshit all these years and not do anything for, for Black Widow? Besides her being sterile and thusly uh, less of a woman. Yeah. These conversations really should be getting people to really think about these movies very differently because I I do think that this opinion is not really like a mainstream opinion but it doesn't mean it doesn't have gravity and it doesn't have nuance. And I do think that people really do need to think about movies in these kind of contextualized ways. Even like, I was like, oh, okay, well, like, let's think about like, like movies that had like powerful women in them in the MCU. It's like Hella, evil, enslaves people, murders a bunch of people, dies. Black Widow, permadead. The only movie where they're, they're women who are equally strong and they have like an equal spec for each other is <laughs> Black Panther with Okoye and then Lupita's character. And then the child's mom and Shuri. Like they're all yeah. equally strong women. They're not bickering. They support each other. But they're also other. not the lead. They're also not the lead. They're also not the central story. So yeah. Like 
I really think that Black Panther is an excellent movie. It also occurs to me how much all of the Marvel movies use their secondary characters as basically just set dressing. Yeah. Even though Black Panther, I think it's very good, is not immune from that. Yeah. I could go on at length about Black Panther, about the music choices, about the costuming choices, about different like fusions of Afrofuturism. I'm not going to because I'm a white person, but like I can tease apart all those pieces and enjoy them. You know, I can I can find different layers within layers within layers to enjoy. Yeah. And I don't think I can really do that with Captain Marvel and I really cannot do that with Wonder Woman 84. I do think just Black Panther is really the exception. Beyond the massive scale that Endgame and Infinity War were, if we look at everything in the MCU other than those two big-ass movies, I legit think Black Panther is the exception. I think that like the first Iron Man is not necessarily in the same echelon, but is gets significantly closer. Yeah. Like, I really think it depends on on which movies. I know you said you didn't really like Thor Ragnarok, but I think Thor Ragnarok is a great absurdist comedy road trip movie. Yeah, that- and I just like the first two Thor movies, and they were just basically C-less See- action movies, basically. See, I really like the first Thor movie. I don't really care for the second one. But I also like the idea that as he keeps taking these losses, because like, yeah, he wins, but like his friends die or disappear or whatever. And as he takes these losses, he starts getting like unhinged and unhinged and unhinged and unhinged. Yeah. And it it culminates in... Endgame. Yeah. But also Ragnarok before that which Ragnarok feels really optimistic until it doesn't. Yeah. And then it slams right into the front of Infinity War where everything just gets real dark. Yeah. And like using Thor as the transition character, I think is really interesting and really works. I never want to watch Thor 2 The Dark World again. (laughs) I mean, I I, like I said, I think it's a C-list action movie. And I'm a kid who grew up on seedless action movies, so it kind of has a bomb yeah. place in my heart. But I, so I, like, I'm not going to watch it ever again, probably. So I get what you're saying. So I think like Ragnarok works on a very different level than Black Panther, but they're doing very different things. Yeah. I feel like the first Iron Man movie is also one that really, really works in a similar way to how Black Panther works. I don't think it works as well. But also, like, I don't think it was trying to because it wasn't, like, a thing yet. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I get what you mean, but I also think, like, we made so many of these fucking movies. At least more than two of them have to be good. Um, Oh, you know how for, like, in fighting video games, they, you know, nerds kind of agree on, like, tiers of, like, fighters. It's, like, you know, S tier, then A, B, A tier, B tier, C tier and shit. I would definitely put Black Panther and Infinity War is S tier. A tier, I will put OG Iron Man. I'd put Homecoming. I'd put Endgame. I, I'm I'm not really a fan of Ragnarok, but I know other people would put it like an A tier. I'll put Winter Soldiers A tier. And then maybe uh maybe Civil War. I think that a lot of the movies that work in the MCU in like the A tier are work because they're like civil war is trying to be a political thriller that happens to involve a bunch of superheroes 
And Winter Soldier is a spy movie that happens to involve a bunch of superheroes. And Ragnarok is, like I said, like a wacky road trip comedy about like faith in God that happens to be a superhero movie. And like all those kind of layers on layers on layers. Yeah. Is what makes it interesting. Very. Yeah. And I think that's what works for like in terms of the Star Wars universe, like the Mandalorian. Right. Is like that's a Western in the Star Wars world. Yeah. At one point, Del Toro was supposed to have a bunch of creature feature horror movies that happened to take place in the Star Wars world. That to me sounds much more interesting than like whatever Luke Skywalker is doing right now. <laughs> so I think it's when people take like the base and twist something new into it that gives us those good movies. And in the case of Black Panther, like Afrofuturism. And the the conversational struggle, and I say conversational because the movie does mostly talk about it. I don't, I'm not trying to trivialize this, but the struggle of being black in places that are not Wakanda. Yeah. That's the angle that they bring this movie into. And yeah. that's why it's so powerful. And it's yeah. frustrating because that comic started in the 60s and it's we're having the same conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. And with the same level of intensity. Yeah. In Black Panther's first appearance, he's beating the shit out of KKK members. You know, I don't think anybody <laughs> thought there were still going to be KKK members now. Ooh, oh. Tough. Not what you want. Definitely not what you want. I do want to actually build on the thing that you said as far as if you want to be a God tier, if you want to be a movie that sets yourself apart from the pack, not even just MCU, like if you want to be a movie that should be kind of taken seriously and be enjoyable and be thoughtful and be provocative, Captain Marvel had the ability to do all those things. I think the writers knew that they could achieve something with this one character and it was released during like International Women's Day, like of 2019, whatever. But I just think that they didn't really focus on one thing and they got bogged yeah. down and then they didn't accomplish anything. It was it was kind of sad. It's it's clear that they saw what they needed to do because there are whispers of it throughout the whole screenplay. Yeah. And then they didn't. Live from an undisclosed location. In a basement in New York City, it's me, Crank, ruler, well, mayor of Dimension X and the producer of the hottest new pod in that dimension or this one, The Shredhead Pod, starring the Blasian Batty, aka Google Chrome Dome, aka Ado Nobu Nigga, aka my best friend, Oroku Saki, aka The Shredder. And we've put aside our differences with the Ninja Turtles to be your weekly source of hot takes, sports, and entertainment news. Stay all the way in here who Saki is named as his Cretan of the Week and find something valuable in the Shred Commendations. So we'll see you on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever your pods are cast. The Shredhead Pod is a member of the Hyphen Podcast Group. Well, actually, let's get to Wonder Woman now. We'll okay. plot about Wonder Woman. So can I just like, my my thoughts for this movie is that this was clearly a movie about Wonder Woman missing Themyscira 
getting the dream stone, wishing she could go home, Max Lord wrecking shit while she was gone, and then have her, she has to give up her home again. And then Jeff Johns read that and went, but why aren't there any nice men in the movie? We need to have a nice man in the movie. We can't just have the mean man. And so then they had to find a way to shoehorn Steve Trevor back in. Because tell me that doesn't make more sense. Tell me that doesn't make more sense. With the beginning, that's a shortcut you cheated and you can't do that. You can't just make it right whenever you want. And the idea that she she tries, she misses home, she misses her sisters and she tries to go home, but it's you can never go back to the green again. Yeah. Tell me that doesn't make more sense. No, no, it's not that. It's just, oh my God, the whole, she spent half a century pining over a man. 70 years pining over a man that she canonically knew for 19 days. Oh my God. Jesus. So the things that I applaud about the movie, realistically, Barbara's a female co-lead for a lot of this movie, which especially for DC is super uncommon, but you can also tell that DC did not know what they were doing. (laughs) Additionally, I really want to give Kristen Wiig like some snaps for really trying, but I do not think, and I don't know if this is an issue of the writing, the directing, or literally her, but at one point my dad and I were looking at each other after the fight scene in the White House, and we just went, it's a shame neither of these women can carry this scene. (laughs) Bro, tell me about it. It's, she was great before the fighting, and then it just went off a cliff. Well, when she she was like, Barbara, what are you giving up? And Barbara's like, nothing. I'm fine. Like, I'm finally better than you. And I'm like, you're not mean or threatening at all, nor are you interesting. Yeah. Like when she was like, oh, I care about Max Lord. Like, great. I bought that because he was besides Diana, the first person who was nice to her. And yes, he was taking advantage of her. But the idea that she's kind of too naive to know that, and that's why she's protective of him, I buy that. And so she feels torn between the two of them. Yeah. But now Diana has this boyfriend, and she's not paying attention to her anymore. <laughs> and Max Lord is paying more attention to her. Like, I know that's really cliche, but that makes more sense than the narrative we got. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. Also, okay. And this is just a weird feeling thing. I really feel like Asteria was meant to be a much bigger part of this movie than she wound up being. And this is why I think that it was about, the movie was supposed to be about her going back to Themyscira is the idea that they're like, well, you're like, you're our Asteria. You're this century, you know, or millennium or whatever you want to call it. You're this millennium's Asteria, you need to go back and you need to protect us from the outside world. And then that's when the armor starts to work for her. That's when she can go. But like that, that to me felt it was meant to be such an emotional core of the movie that they were just like, nope, got to put her in a different costume. (laughs) Like, I feel like there's this really powerful story about women that made some man and maybe it's jeff johns but maybe it's you know the head of warner brothers i don't know feel uncomfortable and unnecessary as a man and so he went oh no it can't be about that i would not say you're wrong and that's the thought process i think they just instead of kind of getting that deep into it 
they you know that was kind of originally in play i think they just want to like let's just pivot to having this be for the trilogy and just like boot it or whatever but it's very lazy it was remarkably lazy and now also and you know that i don't particularly care about the dceu yeah i don't think i've made that a secret at this point but um do you remember how hard bruce wayne had to try to even like find an urban legend record of wonder woman like he had only heard like whispers of whispers of whispers. Yeah. And yet in this, like there are pictures of her all over her apartment. <laughs> there are pictures that she's in all over her apartment. So clearly someone at least saw her and held a camera. Yeah. Like at one point she like takes out the cameras in the mall but like that doesn't mean the footage they'd already taken ceased <laughs> to be like the, the film got she's, erased. She's running down the street. At one point, there's a news helicopter clearly like looking at her. Yeah. The reason I think that this was initially a movie about her going to Themyscira and then having to come back is because that also doesn't create any of these weird logistical problems. <laughs> like I, so if you remember the first Wonder Woman movie, uh, I believe. It was not, was it solely written by Patty Jenkins? I think it might have been. I think it was too. And this one was Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, and uh, one other guy. And I don't think he's innocent in all this nonsense either. So they credited, on the original Wonder Woman, they credited Snyder, Jeff Johns, Jason Fuchs, mm-hmm. and Alan Heinberg as writers. Okay. So uh, the other guy who wrote for this movie is Dave Callaham. But, like, he writes comedies, mostly, or at least, like, self-aware spy thrillers. And his vibe just didn't feel right here. On the original Wonder Woman, the screenplay itself was only written by Alan Heinberg. But in 84, the screenplay was written by Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, and Dave Callahan. Mm-hmm. So, damn, what a fumble. What's redeeming from this movie? I think the the best scene in my estimation is when Diana learns to fly. It's the only time when there's no bombast. There's no 80s trope stone in my face. It's really just a woman kind of finding this thing that she didn't know she could do. She doesn't say because of no a man. Words. Well, let's look behind that for just a second. She finds she finds this kind of special thing that she can do and she just looks it looks good but that's it in the plot of the movie how am i supposed to look beyond that though i'm not telling you to as cat i'm not telling you to and like the other the other thing and and this is this is a purely superficial dig and i'm aware of that it looks so fake and awful um i don't she looks like she's laying on a table I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe that was your laptop. <laughs> I didn't catch that. But well, I, I watched it in 4K on a nice TV. So like I don't know. But uh, it, yeah. what, remember when she was running and it looked like her upper body was like clearly just put on like other legs. Well, yeah, the running thing is not natural at all. Yeah, there were quite a few sequences during the she's flying part. Where you could see, especially in the way that her chest was framed, that she was, like, not this way. Yeah, you're right. It's superficial, whatever, but... It is It is superficial, but it brought me out of it. Okay, 
I know I keep circling back to this, but I feel like I have to, right? Imagine if she learns to fly to leave Themyscira because it's the right thing to do, even though it breaks her heart. Okay. And so she's learning to fly and she's learning to lasso this lightning and stuff because she has to be Wonder Woman. She has to be the protector of not only Themyscira, but the whole world. Why didn't she learn to fly after Steve Trevor died the first time? Because they literally just rehashed that exact scene. Like, I don't understand what was different. I don't understand why the stakes were different. And so watching that scene that felt like it should have been an emotional sucker punch, I was like, oh my God, okay. I feel like you hated the movie more than I did. And I really don't like this movie at all. There was for sure a moment where I was like, sweetie, you don't have to tell a therapist you're immortal. I think my my big issue with this movie is that without Steve Trevor is the emotional core. And let's not even get into the fact that like, it's not Steve Trevor. It's another man. He's just supplanted the consciousness of this man. But this man is still alive. And like, he has other friends. And like, they don't matter. They don't matter. His okay, but they. <laughs> I'm only going to drop this once. And like, I, by the way, I'm sure Kellen, wherever he is right now, is like rolling his eyes, like just inherently because he can like hear my like f- female nerd rage. They have sex without the person whose body they're using's consent. That was a thing that happened. Yes. Probably a couple of times. Yeah. They also at one at least one point break a couple federal laws. And like that guy has to deal with all of that after this. It's not thought out. It's it's just not thought out in any way, shape, or form. Which is why I think it was a patch that they put on like a different thing. I feel like Asteria was meant to be more of an emotional center. I feel like Flight was meant to be more of an emotional center. And instead we get Chris Pine, who, by the way, Chris Pine, hi, sweetheart. You did such a good job. You were acting so hard and you were desperately trying to hold this whole picture together. He tried to not succeed, but yeah. He, how could he? Touché. He has to like explain every scene. Because no one else he's acting with can carry it. Exposition, yes. yes. Like, that scene, like I was just mentioning, where he's like, "You, I could save the day, but you could save the world. It's literally, like, almost verbatim from the first movie. But, like, the stakes are way less interesting. <laughs> I mean, humankind wishing for uh, money and power. Okay. Now, here's the other thing, though, right? <laughs> So all the people who like were terminally ill and wished to be well <laughs> or are starving and wish to be able to feed their children or wish are blind and wish to be able to see have to give that up because it's a shortcut <laughs> or it's a lie. Yo, you know what? I'm really, yo, just the fact that the movie assumes every single human being is immensely selfish in <laughs> I like oh my god I mean hell let's go even less selfish someone who has like severe but not terminal cancer who wished they didn't have to go through chemotherapy anymore like nope that's a shortcut that's cheating that's a lie not allowed you have to wish you have cancer again of the billions of people on planet Earth, I hope one person would say, you know what, cancer, let's just not make this a thing anymore. Just like for everybody. Now that 
cancer and bring then, it on back bringing the cancer yeah back. he has to go you know maybe cancer was right like that's oh <laughs> yo this movie is so fucking wild bro so the optimism that was so refreshing in the first wonder woman oh man it's obliterated is completely gone and I feel like that might be at least Jeff Johns because he's like not great at like only teenagers in his mind are innocent. Only people the age of his dead sister. Like also, I'm sure Jeff Johns listens to this podcast. Get fucked, sir. It's a terrible movie. Yeah, I was going to say like I should probably be nice for networking purposes. And then I thought about it and thought about it a bit more and uh yeah get fucked um <laughs> so what was the plot of the first one right it was like she realizes at the end of the day that she that humanity is beautiful and the world is beautiful and she wants to fight to help preserve that beauty yeah and she Once. gave up she gave up her life yeah she gave up being a princess for this and that was right. Yeah. She chose to serve. Yeah. Yes. And this one is just her regretting it. No, no, having no, no, no. to watch her boyfriend die again. And also, let's not forget that the whole plot of this movie is set in motion by a woman helping another woman. So don't ever help another woman. It's only going to lead to the detriment of, of if the If she world. hadn't saved Barbara from being assaulted and just let Barbara <laughs> die, none of this would have happened. Oh man, if she'd have been a dickhead to her in the office, did not even invite her to lunch. No, but she invited her to dinner. Like they still became friends and like had a friendship. That's what I meant to dinner, yeah. And like I was super jazzed about that. And I assumed that the idea was she was gonna wish to be like Wonder Woman, not connecting that they were the same. Also, I don't know. I feel like we should probably talk about the fact that like Pedro Pascal. He's like ten. He was going for the whole movie. I. It was really nice to see him like having a good time. Like, but boy, did he do a lot of cocaine for someone we never saw do any cocaine. I mean, and bring me my vitamins. Like, come on now, sir. He was on full ten. Also, like he remembered he had a kid. Like (laughs) two hours into that picture. Bro, the kid. why was his kid in the woods? I don't know. Why did uh Cheetah survive being electrocuted? I don't know. Bro. Why did it suddenly get so dark when they started fighting? I don't know. Shout out to the homeless guy. The home, the homeless guys, the, the homeless guy and the kid. They're the only two pure people that's so fucking. <laughs> oh man, this movie's so terrible. So bad. So bad. Before we move on to Birds of Prey, from the first time you watched Wonder Woman till now, has your opinion of it changed at all? Yeah, it actually got like significantly worse. <laughs> uh, so the first time I watched it, I was like, that was like pretty bad, but like maybe I'm missing something or like maybe I'm just like a little too like cynical on it because like I'm I'm feeling kind of judgy. Yeah. And so then I went back and I tried to to just be mindful of like, I know what the plot is. Let's start like teasing out those details that were so present in the first one. 
Yeah. You know, let's find those little moments that, that you kind of make your own and you love. Yeah. And this one just didn't have it. Like I, I couldn't find those little, those little cozy spaces in the movie that made it unique or interesting. Like I said, I only like one scene for 40 seconds in that entire movie. I think it's a good scene that deserves a better movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I also thought the opening scene was pretty cute. Like not when she's at the mall itself, but when she's running to the mall and she like kicks the car out of the way that's like speeding around the corner to the power walker and stuff like that to me, I was like, okay, like I understand why people are like, oh, she didn't exist. But there were like a lot of like little like, oh, remember that time? Like a leg just like kicked a car out of the way and that's why I didn't die. (laughs) And then Batman strung all those together to realize it was all one person. Yeah. Like I kind of thought that was the vibe for the whole movie and I was kind of into that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it wasn't. It was just <laughs> so disjointed. Like the the first the first two action set pieces, it felt like a Disney movie and then cocaine cowboy came through and then I also very I do feel like this movie had a little bit more of a grasp of like like when uh the guy who's like i i intern at the white house now but they asked for me like buying it like there were a lot more asshole men in this movie and honestly like it was kind of nice to be like have a little bit of that like i know that sounds really bad but like as a reflection of two fairly attractive women working in like a a competitive academic field it was kind of nice to see that at least someone acknowledged that men were not just being nice to them out of the goodness of their hearts <laughs> and not just the villain of the picture. Like the girl or the guy Barbara has a crush on is only like nice to her once she like starts wearing shorter dresses and heels. Yeah. I wish that had been in a better movie, but at least I feel like someone cared a little about that aspect but also this does one of my least favorite tropes, which is like sexual assault is the only way that we can further a woman's character, which is like a like why I stopped watching Game of Thrones, basically. It's funny you actually said that. I listened to our very first episode where we talked about that. You actually talked about the Game of Thrones thing. And we talked, it's funny, we talked, we talked about Captain Marvel and... I asked you what was the movie you were looking forward to and Warner Woman 84 was that movie. <laughs> I mean, hey, we all were looking forward to it. So I I was. I'm not looking forward to Warner Woman 2003. So I'm, I'm over it. My daddy's podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama proof. On Hyphenation, my daddy talks about all kinds of cool things. And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his friend Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But he loves his podcast and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad though because he has me. Oh wait, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks y'all. For me, I know for myself, the second watch of Birds of Prey really did a lot 
to improve for me. And I think because watching it at home, it did sort of tone down like the shock to the juggler that was the color palette of this movie. But what about for you? Did it improve on your second watch or how did it go for you? So I'm a big Harley Quinn fan. Um, especially her most recent comic appearances in the new 52 and rebirth. And the thing that I love about those comics is they're her telling her story. So it's a lot of backtracking and weird narrative nonsense and her talking to things that the audience can't hear. And I like that. I like the idea that this serially abused person who clearly is also whip smart, if not gullible and damaged is trying to tell her story and it's a little bit jumbled and manic and weird. (laughs) Yeah. So let me start there. The thing that I liked about this movie the first time that I saw it is that the men are threatening in a way that is, I would say, first cousins to the guy at the bar who gets really, really angry when you say you won't go home with him. Yeah. The entitlement that the men exhibit is very real and very scary. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it is really the only reason that the women at the end become a team. I got most of that on the first watch. On the second watch, with all the shock value gone, yeah, it for sure drags in the middle. Oh, a bit, a little bit. They seem overly dependent on how surprising it is to hear comic book characters say fuck. Uh, and that's coming <laughs> from me. I swear a lot. So if I'm noticing how often they say it and it feels disjointed, like, come on now. There's a lot of stuff that I like in here. I like the idea of Harley being a mentor. (laughs) I like the idea that she's really more chaotic neutral than she is, like, evil. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say she's evil. I like the idea that she's still kind of ditzy but then she busts out like the psychology jargon and maybe she's not as ditzy as you think i also like how often she's wrong (laughs) i have all my best ideas while drunk yeah she didn't think this one through well no shit i didn't think it through there are a lot of really good moments in here that i love what's your favorite moment of the movie when the entire action sequence at the fun... Well, first of all, the entire action sequence in the fun house is aces, as far as I'm concerned. But when that sequence stops, so Harley can give Black Canary a hair tie. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. I think my favorite one is still the, the bacon, egg, and cheese. Egg. Bacon. American cheese. Soft. Toasted buttered roll. Just a gash of hot sauce. Not too much, Sal. Wanna taste the cheese? What a way to start my new life. <sighs> With the perfect egg sandwich. Mm. You're a lifesaver, Sal. I love you, baby. I'm good for the 75 cents, okay? I promise. I don't know if it's the stray Armenian arm hair or the fact that his cheese slices are always six months out of date, but no one makes an egg sandwich like Sal. I mean it, Sal. No one. Deeper and deeper. 
Like, as someone who, at least for the moment, for the foreseeable future, I'm giving up bread and dairy products. I was very. I, I had that scene. He was giving shit up. Yeah, man. Hey, 2020. 20, well, 2021. It's a new new show on my love, but that, that also, scene was a place in Keep in, in mind. I will be referring to 2022 exclusively as 2020 to Electric Boogaloo. Uh, no matter how good it is. Um, 2022 Judgment yeah. Day. I, oh God. We just got <laughs> a washing machine that hooks up to the internet and every time okay. it's like, hook me up to the internet. I just hear the like, dun 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 dun. What and, like, purpose does a washing machine need to be on the internet? Only to uh, shoot you with like wet clothes. It's gonna send me a text when it's done with my laundry, I guess. I mean, so it knows your GPS coordinates and your phone number, okay? It also uh, is like share your cycle with friends, and I'm like, I don't think. Uh, did any women read that copy? I mean, any at all? Right. Um, That's not what. You but want. like, no. And also, that was a very Harley Quinn joke of me. Um. <laughs> There's a lot about the movie that I really like. I like the I like the music choices a lot. Yeah. I like that we finally get a movie canon acknowledgement that Harley Quinn is bi. <laughs> I I don't know if she's Jewish in the movies, but in the comics she's Jewish. So the fact that they sent her to a a convent, I think, is hysterical. There's a lot of really clever little moments in here that I think really work. The the team up of like three objectively like good women and then also Harley Quinn is very funny to me. But also I like the idea that that she is vulnerable, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Oh yeah, definitely. I also think we are never going to get a sequel to this movie. Um, <laughs> I am Fuck no hell no. I am fairly confident that this movie is going to be entirely retconned by the Suicide Squad. Oh my god. Jesus. And like honestly, I'm sure this is going to sound really bad, but like fine. Fine. No, it's not fine. I I really like this movie. I think it's really good, but also like I saw Harley Quinn in her red and black rebirth costume for The Suicide Squad. And like good. <laughs> Fucking finally. <laughs> but like I really like this movie. I really like Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I think it is going to be retconned and I am sad about that because I'm fairly confident that a weird superhero movie in this style is not going to come around again for a long time. Certainly not a women-led one. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best short reviews I read about this movie, Birds of Prey makes me wish the Schumacher Batman films did not make camping Gotham cinema as radioactive as a concept that has been for the last almost 25 years. Miffed I watched a Joker movie without any jokes. <laughs> yeah. 
So the thing that makes me crazy about this movie is a lot of the negative talk I've heard about it has been specifically around Roman Sionis and how they feel he suddenly became a villain. Far be it from me to bring gender up in everything. But in the first scene, he grabs Harley by the chin and is like, is your boyfriend coming tonight or can I be a little bit of an asshole to you? Like, he doesn't say that, but that's what he's trying to figure out. Yeah. He lets her get assaulted. He doesn't suddenly turn into the villain. And if you think that he was meant to be sympathetic before then, what? They went into this movie expecting to see more of, like, basically slutty maid costume Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. If you've ever cosplayed Harley Quinn, you you know what I'm talking about. The the slutty psychotic subservience that she is perceived as having if you don't look at her as a complete character is what people are into. Yeah. And that's what she is in Suicide Squad. Cool. This movie is about her realizing that and deciding that isn't who she wants to be and going up against a bunch of other controlling men that go, but that is who you are, though. Yeah. And her repeatedly having to say no, even though it's hard. And I think that a lot of the people who didn't like that, men and women alike, are the people who want to be able to think of her, and by some extension, probably their partners or themselves, as subservient little people who, you know, are crazy and will do anything they say, but also, like, will fuck good. And, like, that's... That's what they're looking. They're looking for someone who's damaged to take advantage of. And the yeah. fact that this movie is about Harley Quinn learning that she doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. And they that's don't why get people it. didn't like it. Yeah. They don't accept it. Yeah. This honestly went down half a star my second watch through because I do think it's a little boring in the middle. And that's fine. But like, is this still a good movie about a woman deserving better than she's ever been g- given her entire life? I think the the biggest benefit from this movie is is the only movie of the three that we discussed tonight that was directed by a woman and written solely by a woman. And I think Birds of Prey is head and shoulders better than those other two movies. It's not even, I don't think it's even really a question, honestly. I agree. Um, Because even though it's hokey and sometimes seems to be having a little bit of weird identity issues is it a superhero movie is it a weird sex comedy is it a mr what you know like at least it knows the moral of the story it's trying to tell yeah and maybe this is the only reason it works so much better is its protagonist is flawed yeah and she like has problems it doesn't always go her way she sniffed cocaine out of midair. It was, <laughs> I would say that may be the wildest thing in that whole movie. <laughs> Just let women do things. Yeah. Let them bone. Let them do drugs if they want to do drugs. Let, her, let them wear lipstick. Let them wear shirts that say Harley fucking Quinn. Right. But like Wonder Woman doesn't wear lipstick. Captain Marvel doesn't wear lipstick. Let them be feminine. Let them do things. Let them wear heels if they want. Like, I don't think Captain Marvel should wear heels because I don't think that's her character. But like, whatever. You know what I mean? 
I mean, Wonder Woman had the wing eyeliner that was really apparent at the end. But only after she had been underwater. She did not have it when she went underwater. The electricity winged it right out. Basically. Well, that's how we knew Cheetah was dead because Wonder Woman had the cat eye now. Oh my God, that was so bad. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love, S H O W I N M A D L O V, on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter at Cat and Marks and join our We Should Do This Again Sometime Facebook group. Be sure to read us at catseesmovies.tumblr.com and the Mark Rob, T H E M A R C R O B dot WordPress.com. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. Cheer. This, this is, is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained? Yeah!